Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. We did the same show this time last year, huh? Coincidence? I think not. No, it's not because I just drink more around the holidays. The secret government. Shut up, Gavin. Ass. The following podcast contains... Your use of language has altered since our arrival. It is currently laced with, shall I say, more colorful metaphors. Double dumbass on you and so forth. You mean the profanity? Yeah. That's simply the way they talk here. Nobody pays any attention to you unless you swear every other word. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you just blew off the fact that UFOs are basically a thing now, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, December 20th, 2019, Two Little Men in a Flying Saucer edition of the show, where we talk about the biggest story of the decade that no one is taking seriously. Stay tuned. What the hell were you thinking? Podcast is brought to you by Nilfar Starship Repair. Is your grav drive on the fritz? Your warp core misaligned? Is your Calcitar VRT prong ray failing to function within specified parameters? Then you need Nilfar Starship Repair. We specialize in all the common intergalactic technologies commonly found in the Soul System, including seven different interdimensional gates and three alternative timeline chrono systems. Worried about a human spotting your ships due to fluctuation of the cloaking matrix? Don't be. Nilfar's mobile repair bots come equipped with a full array of cloaking units and memory scrubbers to ensure maximum mission purity. Don't stay stranded on this backwater planet one picosecond longer than necessary. Contact Nilfar Starship Repair and be on your way back to the stars! I think you're going a little high, man. It's okay, man. If there's one thing I know, it's how to drive when I'm stoned. It's like you know your perspective's fucked, so you just gotta let your hands work the controls as if you're straight. Now, I know that many of you are probably tuning into this week's episode to hear my rant and ravings on the impeachment of the Cheeto Christ. Well, yeah, actually. Yeah. Oh, I bet Dave was really on about the Tangerine Tyler getting his comeuppance or super pissed that he's going to be acquitted by Moscow Mitch in the Senate. Tell him, Steve, Dave. Would you stop saying that? And yeah. I did start writing that show about all of that shit, but I couldn't get more than a page into the script before I realized that while I care about it, I don't care that much about it and sure as fuck don't want to talk about it. There are tons of people who know more than I do with takes on the situation above room temperature, so you know what? Go listen to their podcast. Nor 
am I particularly interested in doing the usual year in review for what is most likely my last show of 2019? About to head out to see the parental units and try to salvage what little remains of my family unity for the holidays. <laughs> Good luck with that. Instead, I decided I would take this last show of a fucked up year to talk about the most fucked up story of said year and the decade that no one is taking seriously. Animals that can eat grass have very unusual stomachs that have these uh, bacteria that are methanogenic in there. And so they leak uh, natural gas, both out the front and the back. Uh, and so people have said, well, let's change the hay or throw some things in there. Uh, and it's been, nobody knows how to get rid of no one knows how to get cows to stop farting. Exactly. No, Gavin, get on the right script. Jesus. The U.S. Navy has finally acknowledged that videos appearing to show UFOs flying through the air are real. They don't call them UFOs. They call them unidentified aerial phenomena. They, these, uh, the several videos they're talking about were recorded years ago by fighter pilots. Then in 2017, they were made public by the New York Times. Yeah. Of all the news stories of 2019, a public admission by the Department of Defense that for years we've had evidence of unknown crafts doing things that defy the laws of physics as we understand them to be, you might think that such information might be of some small importance. And instead, the stories come out, they're there for about six minutes of attention, and then everyone is all like, So what happened again? It's as though this sort of thing is a government shutdown, you know, something that happens every couple of you know, years or weeks or whatever the fuck, I, I fucking just doesn't make any sense. So you know what? I think for the year's end, we are going to talk about it again because I have some theories that I've been working on. What's your source on this? A tinfoil hat? Let's begin with a quick recap of the incidents because I know you haven't been paying attention, otherwise you'd be as freaked out as I am. In November of 2004, the U.S. Navy is conducting training off the coast of California. The guided missile cruiser USS Princeton, equipped with top-of-the-line tracking radars, has had repeated radar contacts with something taking the, uh, something that they can't find out what it is. Taking this from a popular, mechanic article, or popular mechanics article written in 2017, quote, For two weeks, the operator said the Princeton had been tracking mysterious aircraft. The objects appeared suddenly at 80,000 feet and then hurtled towards the sea, eventually stopping at 20,000 feet and hovering. Then they either dropped out of radar range or shot straight back up, unquote. Now, the Princeton was out there with an aircraft carrier, so, the air, so they vectored a couple of F-18 Hornets, each with a pilot and a weapons officer, you know, to just check on the contact. Quote, the Super Hornets flew to investigate the last known location of the object, and to their surprise, found two objects. The first was large and just below the surface of the water, causing the water to churn. The second object hovered about 50 feet above the water, moving erratically. The second object suddenly rose up and flew towards the Super Hornets, with one pilot's commander, David Fravor, saying it appeared that it was rising to meet him. The Hornets turned towards the object to meet it, and the object peeled away, accelerating like nothing I have ever seen, Fravor later stated. The Super Hornets conferred with the USS Princeton, and were vectored to a CAP, a combat air patrol point, 60 miles away. Within seconds, the pilots were told by the Princeton that the radar had picked up the object already at the CAP point. By the time the Super Hornets arrived, however, the object has already disappeared. The UFO itself, 
it is described as a wingless white and shaped like an oblong pill. It was 20, 24 to 30 feet, 40 feet in the New York Times article long and had no visible markings or glass. The USS Princeton was able to faintly track the capsule via its Spy-1B radar system, but the fighters were not able to get a radar lock on the object. The capsule was not only more maneuverable than the Hornets, but also much faster. For it to have reached the cap point ahead of the Navy fighters, it would have had to have flown in excess of 2,400 miles an hour, according to Fightersweep.com, which published a detailed chronicle of it in 2015. The object did not emit hot jet exhaust typical of an ordinary aircraft, unquote. The search continued with a total of six F-18s searching for the contact. One of the fighters, using a forward-looking infrared targeting pod, managed to lock onto one of the unknown craft and record gun camera footage of the object doing some truly amazing shit that is at the edge of maybe even surpassing the laws of physics. And that also, it's this forward-looking infrared, it detects heat. It didn't have a heat plume from an exhaust. That alone is enough to shake up what we think of as possible. And this story, of course, came out in 2017, as chronicled here on this low-rated podcast, episode 141, Tuesdays with Morley. In May of this year, 2019, the New York Times dropped another story, telling us the 2004 incident wasn't the only time the Navy had seen this craft, or at least similar craft. In 2014, another set of Navy pilots off the coast of Virginia saw the Tic Tacs doing things like, quote, showing up at 30,000 feet, 20,000 feet, even at sea level. They could accelerate, slow down, and hit hypersonic speeds. Ask what they thought the objects were. The pilots refused to speculate. We have helicopters that can hover. We have an aircraft that can fly at 30,000 feet and right at the surface. But combine all that into one vehicle of some type with no jet engine and no exhaust plume. Shit got weird. I don't want to talk about it. And we cover that in episode 214, calling all occupants of interplanetary craft. And then in September of this year, 2019, the Navy released, after much pressure, a statement on the sightings. From an NBC News article, the Navy said, quote, The three videos posted online that have been described as being related to UFO sightings do indeed include footage of an unidentified aerial phenomenon, said a Navy spokesman confirmed. But as for specifics, spokesman Joseph Gratisher said the Navy doesn't know exactly what the objects are. The three videos, one from 2004 and two from 2015, show incursions into our military training ranges by unidentified aerial phenomena, Gratisher told NBC News in an email statement. The Navy has characterized the observed phenomenon as unidentified, unquote. Can you be more specific? But wait, there's more. Here's some new stuff I just learned about. It appears that following the 2004 incident, a distinct effort to sanitize the information about the first sighting took place. From a popular mechanics article dated November 12th of this year, 2019, enlisted members involved said that unknown persons took the hard drives containing the data from the radar for both the E-2 Hawkeye radar aircraft at the incident and the USS Princeton. Quote, Shortly after securing the data, Bricks, Hughes said he was visited by his commanding officer and two unknown individuals. They were not on the ship earlier, and I didn't see them come on. I'm not sure how they got there, Hughes said of the two men. According to Hughes, his commanding officer told him to turn over the recently secured hard drive. 
We put them in bags. He took them and then we left with the two anonymous officers. Inside the Princeton, a similar encounter, these two guys showed up on a helicopter, which wasn't uncommon, but shortly after they arrived, maybe 20 minutes, I was told by the chain of command to turn over all the data recordings for the Aegis system. Further, he said that he had to reload all the combat engagement center computers because they had been wiped clean, along with the optical gribes with all the radio communications. They even told me to erase everything that's in the shop even the blank tapes, unquote. The pilots involved dispute these accounts, saying they were never pressured not to speak of the incident or sign any sort of non-disclosure or abnormal classification statements. Because that's just what they want you to believe. Naturally, the debunkers are out in force on all of this, and the most common explanation for the physics-defying actions clearly seen on tape is the F-18's aircraft maneuvering their crafts in such a way that it makes it look as though the Tic Tac was doing some crazy shit. But in an article released on Thursday, December 19, 2019 in New York Magazine, one of the pilots in 2000, of the 2004 encounter debunks the debunkers by saying, quote, interviewer, we are approaching the tic-tac head on. Answer, pilot, some people have suggested we pointed nose onto it, maybe 10 or 20 degrees of azimuth. Azimuth is a horizontal angular measurement between a fixed direction, which is the flight navigation case, is straight ahead of the aircraft, and an object or location. In aviation, azimuth is paired with a vertical angular measurement called altitude, which should not be confused with the more common use of the word as a synonym for elevation. Going back to the pilot. Either left or right, ergo, when the object kind of darts away to the left, I was not aggressively maneuvering the aircraft in the manner that would make the FLIR pod do that. But look, at that point, I did not actually see the object aggressively accelerate to the left as the video shows to actually prove that, unquote. Lastly, as far as interesting new things to bring up, let me talk to you about U.S. Patent Application U.S. 1014452 Bravo 2, applied for by Dr. Salazar Cesar Pace, working for the United States Navy. This patent, and I am taking this verbatim from the U.S. Patent website application, says, quote, a craft using an inertial mass reduction device comprised of an inner resonant cavity wall, an outer resonant cavity, and microwave emitters. The electrically charged outer resonant cavity wall and the electrically insulated inner resonant cavity wall form a resonant cavity. The microwave emitters create high-frequency electromagnetic waves throughout the resonant cavity, causing the resonant cavity to vibrate in an accelerated mode and create a local polarized vacuum outside the resonant cavity wall. What does that even mean? It means, pod friends. Anti-gravity, like float. Exactly. Tyler Rojaway put in a column on the, the drive's war zone this, quote, the hybrid aerospace underwater craft in this patent is described as being capable of incredible feats of speed and maneuverability and can fly equally well in air, water, or space without leaving a heat signature. This is possible, Pace claims, in the patent because the craft is able to engineer the fabric of our reality at its most fundamental level, unquote, by exploiting the laws of physics, unquote. Doesn't that sound a little or even a lot like the exact sort of thing described by respected U.S. Navy pilots witnessed in incidents confirmed by the Navy? This is nonsense, yeah. Oh, really? Well, I'll go you one further. Again from Rojaway in the, in the drive. The chief technical officer of the Naval Aviation Enterprise 
personally vouched for in a letter to the United States Patent Trademark Office claiming the Chinese are already developing similar capabilities. Or maybe you're thinking, oh, it's the Navy, those guys will say anything. Well, have I mentioned that the U.S. Army has partnered with Tom DeLong, the guy from Leak 182, who somehow become a reputable figure in all this, and is to the Stars Academy to study the properties of a mysterious metal that, and I got this from the Army Times, it says, quote, to collaborate in the study of exotic metals that both parties will help lead to the development of advanced technologies. As part of the Army's agreement, the Army's Ground Vehicle System Center and Ground Vehicle Survivability and Protection Component will lend research resources, including laboratories, to the TTSA, which will in turn leverage what the company asserts are alien metals capable of enhancing the effectiveness of Army vehicles. The Army will make a $750,000 commitment to the TTSA research as part of a five-year collaboration. The shit is out of control. You sort it out or I sort you out. And if you think that story is crazy, let me assure you, the story gets crazier because that hunk of metal, the U.S. Army has just invested three quarters of a million dollars into researching with Tom DeLong of Blink-182 came from... Hold on to your butts. Investigative journalist Linda Moulton Howe, who claims to have purchased that medal from none other than Art fucking Bell. Again, let me tell you, Art, answer the wild card line. My boyfriend is in a small plane north of Las Vegas, ready to fly into Area 51. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best fucking story ever. I mean, it's insane, absolutely, because all of those nights I would sit in my truck smoking cigarettes and listen to Art Bell broadcast the lunatics of the land claiming aliens were real and the U.S. government knew it and was harvesting secret technologies from crashed alien spaceships to create modern technology. And I'm like, ha, 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 those people are crazy. Now I'm fucking reading about this shit in the New York fucking Times and the DOD is like, oh, yeah, that is strange. And oh, by the way, we're spending your tax dollars to develop deri alien-derived technology. It's no big deal. What's even more insane is that no one is talking about it. Take it easy, Dave. Deep breaths. All right, fine. Nothing so far has given definitive proof that aliens are involved in any of this. The most likely explanation is that it's human science and the government has classified it. I get that. That's a fair cop. But you need to understand how truly mind-fucking this level of technology is. A century ago, their primary means of transportation on this planet was a fucking horse, and now we have anti-gravity technology? You want to explain how the fuck we got from Mr. Ed to the Millennium Falcon of the century? Because I sure as fuck can't. And if you're thinking, if you're thinking that it must be just some kind of crazy fucking fantasy, there's nothing about anti-gravity technology that makes it impossible. Just very, very, very difficult. I went searching for something to explain how such a thing might work, and... I read the article in Forbes. Based on what we know about antimatter, theoretically, it has anti-mass. But again, quoting from Forbes, quote, If you have negative gravitational mass, all of that changes. If antimatter is actually anti-gravitates falling up instead of down, then gravity sees it as though it were made of anti-mass or anti-energy. Under the laws of physics that we currently understand, qualities like anti-mass or anti-energy don't exist. We can imagine them, we can talk about them, how they would behave, but we expect, expect antimatter to have normal mass and normal energy when it comes to gravity. If anti-mass doesn't exist, does exist though, 
than a slew of great technological advances imagined by science fiction writers for generation would suddenly become saw would suddenly become physically possible unquote you know what we've made antimatter the problem is we can't keep it very long if we've solved that problem and then discovered that it, antimatter has antimass i think you can see what i mean i know how all this sounds i really do and i sound crazy but Ray Kurzweil, the guy who believes he will live long enough to upload his consciousness into a computer, he calls it the law of accelerating returns. The more technology advances, the faster technology advances. He puts it thusly, quote, An analysis of the history of technology shows that technological change is exponential, common to the contrary, common sense, intuitive linear view. So we won't experience 100 years of progress in the 21st century. It will be more like 20,000 years of progress. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. Yeah, I don't buy it either. I mean, ask someone born in 1920, if they were, and there are a few around, if they feel like 20,000 years of technological advancement have taken place. And that's not what he's saying, but it's kind of what he's saying. So he, obviously, if, tech, if what he's saying is true, then it should be like 10,000 years of advancement in the 20th century. I don't fucking know. It's Ray Kurzweil. But I suspect that no one who was born in 1920 will tell you that things look like fucking aliens came in because each advancement took place in a logical progression, planes to spaceflight, radio to television to wireless internet, room-sized computers to smartphones. We've seen how one thing builds on another. Amazing, true, but clearly logical. But what we haven't been able to do is crack the fundamental mysteries of the universe, excepting nuclear fission. We figured that out, and we made a bomb out of it. And since then, science has struggled to understand practical applications of theory and experiment. We can build a nuclear fission reactor easy. Nuclear fusion reactors can be built, but they're much, much harder. And we understand that technology fairly well. But things like gravity, which we were just able to prove moves in waves last year, I'm supposed to believe that long before we could prove that simple hypothesis that gravity is like a wave in a swimming pool when a fat kid jumps in, we built the technology to manipulate it? I don't fucking think so! So where the fuck did these Tic Tacs come from? Did they come from a Navy lab in Maryland, like the patent app says? Did they come from a 7-Eleven? Maybe they did, I don't know. Or did they come from out there? Beyond the stars. Look, I've not gone crazy. I've got haven't gone Bill Cooper, Alex Jones conspiracy crazy here. I'm not some fat guy sitting in a basement with a YouTube channel and aluminum foil underwear. A fat guy sitting in a third floor one bedroom apartment with a podcast wearing Tommy John's underwear. Use the promo code what at checkout and save ten percent on your next order of Tommy John's. See how easy that would be, advertisers? Sorry, got a little distracted there. I'm not convinced that we have clear and compelling evidence of aliens or anagraph tech or that Donald Trump is a crime-fighting superhero arresting Democrat pedophiles. But you have to admit, there's some pretty fucking compelling questions arising out of the things that have happened this year and the past couple before that. And no one's saying fuck all about them. And I think I know why. Now, admittedly, this is where I might need to be fitted for Reynolds Wrap Boxer Shorts, but hear me out. For decades, actual scientists have debated how humans would react to the knowledge of extraterrestrial life because uh, human beings are, you know, somewhat skittish, Tombs. Very skittish. And presented with incontrovertible... Tr- uncon- One, two, three, four. And presented with incontrovertible truth that we are not alone in the universe, chances are really good that we would... Freak out? Yeah. I think we would freak out. 
Some scientists posited the best way to see what the reaction might be was to dribble out information over a long period of time. Some of the more exotic thinkers of the UFO community have believed this has been done in movies and television, and that there are those who believe that E.T. the Extraterrestrial was not a cute Spielberg movie, but a disclosure trial. I don't, but there are those who do. However, if one were to want to try a slow disclosure trial, when would one want reasonably to do that? During a time of relative peace and tranquility or during times of turbulent stress where the information would be out there, but, you know, not out there. When people are so busy worrying about, in comparison, mundane things, that if something like a few UFOs seems rather a pleasant distraction. What if, and I do mean if, the people who know things about things are using the Zaphod Beeblebrock's effect to their benefit. Zaphod Beeblebrock's being the fictional president, galactic president from Douglas Adams, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, whose outrages served to distract the government for the governed from the reality of who actually is in control in the of the government, which is not Zaphod. What if, what if our outrageous, incompetent, criminal, and very distracting president gave the people who know things an opportunity to test the waters and see what might happen? I'm certainly not saying that he was chosen by a secret government or put in power by aliens, though to be honest, this fucking theory makes as much or more sense than any other theory of his election that I've heard. What I'm saying here is that maybe his behavior and the resulting chaos at home and around the world is being used as a cover for a test run for a bigger truth or a bigger lie, if you prefer, than we could possibly imagine. The reason that no one is talking about these stories is that no one is supposed to be talking about them. They are being put out carefully, incrementally, with, and po with points of maximum distraction in order to slowly ease into our consciousness, then into the collective zeitgeist, so that a larger, more dramatic revelation <laughs> later on are somehow easier to handle. What if Donald J. Trump is, in fact, Zaphod Beeglebrox? In effect, if not, in hipness. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, Dave. Yeah, I don't either. I think I was just looking for something to kind of hide behind because there's a part of me that sort of thinks that there's aliens now. Oh, well. Guess I'll just do what I do with everything else in my life that uh, makes people uncomfortable or makes me think that there might be something wrong with me. Just blame my encroaching alcoholism. That is it for our show this week. And I'm pretty sure I think that's it for our show for 2019. I'm about to get on a plane and fly off to see the fam for Christmas. And while I'm going to be back before the New Year's, I don't think I'm going to be in the studio. It's been a hell of a year, hasn't it, though? When I come back, I guess I'm going to have to start talking about politics, but I'm not ready. And God, I'm tired. Can we just pick someone and go vote? I want to get on with my life. I mean, I've got this UFO shit to fucking concentrate on. Seriously. <laughs> that shit is strange, y'all. I mean, if you think Epstein was weird, but <laughs> these, this, I don't know. I don't know. Am I, am I losing it? I might be losing it. Hey, speaking of losing it, rate and review this show, blah, blah, blah. Follow on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash what the hell podcast. More importantly, you know what? Spend these next couple of weeks with people that you love. Like my bartender. I love you, Sean. Your barbacks are generous. And your pores are so full. You're a special man. and You're deep in my heart. And I'll see you soon. Oh, and I guess uh, I guess I like you too, Gavin. I don't know. Uh, you're fine. Whatever. 
So for me, I don't care if Christmas Bledsoe, producer Figgy Pudding tastes like ass Gavin, and all the fictional toy producing elves on this show, we want to say, you know what? Seriously, have a Merry Christmas if you believe in Christmas. If you don't, don't have a happy Hanukkah. I'm a happy Kwanzaa. A what? Uh, Saturnalia. Saturnalia is good. I like Saturnalia. I believe in Pagan Fest. I myself would be a pagan. Um, there's no satanic holiday for the, for Christmas season, but there should be. In fact, I'm going to invent that to go with my burgeoning UFO conspiracy theories. Now I have to go. I have to put on some Reynolds wrap around my crotch because I believe that aliens are trying to impregnate me with sperm. I don't fuck. I don't know. I'm tired. It has been a long year, y'all. It's been a very long year. Thank you for hanging with this low-rated podcast through this very long, very stupid year, through my emotional ups and downs. Those of you who have given me money, thank you for that. More of you should give me money. Thank you for not doing that. But more importantly, we'll, we'll be back. We're going to kick it through at least 2020. Just want to see, I don't know, Joe fucking Biden be elected so I can shut down this stupid fucking podcast. And stuff like that. We'll see you all next year two little men in a flying saucer flew down to earth one day looked to left and right of it couldn't stand the sight of it and said let's fly away they took a look at a western movie somebody heard them say if a horse can be a star, think how dumb the people are, we'd better fly away. Then they shook their little green antennas, scratched their purple hair. Said this planet is an awful menace, let's go back to where we came from. Two little men in a flying saucer just didn't care to stay. No, no. Said it's too peculiar here, headed for the stratosphere and quickly flew away. Field in Brooklyn when the Dodgers played a baseball game. Hey! Heard all the screaming, said we must be dreaming, cause this planet is insane. During their mission, heard a politician. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.